0: This episode is sponsored by Overcast, a better podcast app than whatever you're using right now. Unless it's Overcast. Get Overcast for free on the App Store.
1: Oh
0: my god, welcome back to the Patreon. Oh, nope. Oh my god, I fucked it up. Welcome back to the Ajima Show. We were just doing a Patreon and it got, you guys, the Patreon episode got crazy. We started off with a little bit of industry tea, and then Unji lost it. And I was like, I can't believe we're not doing this on the regular pod for the masses. So here we are. Welcome back to the show.
1: Because that psychosis, I need to keep private.
0: That, I don't know. We have to delve into that. But right now, it's time for kick ass Koreans. Kia! This is the section of the show where we shout out our favorite Koreans, Korean-Americans, Korean-Brazilians, whatever. Even (laughs) sometimes we did fuckers, you know, friends of Koreans. So it's really a chance for us to delve into y'all who have been doing the shit. Mm -hmm. And thank you, by the way, for everyone who submits Kick-Ass Koreans to our Instas and our emails. We We love you. We need it. Uh, and we we love getting introduced to these people because we do our own research. But like, come on, make our jobs easier, please, uh, please. <laughs> so today I'm going to. This is kind of like a selfish thing for me, but I thought it was very timely, and um, it, it it just captures a lot of kick ass Koreans we've already shouted out. Okay. So today I'm going to shout out the Koreans, all of them that are putting on uh the event uh called LA Uprising 30th anniversary event Taegu yeah. mm-hmm. and uh and and here's why so Taegu uh, in 429 or April 29th 1992 was it or yeah 2 um was the day uh in Korean American history mm-hmm. as you guys all know probably Uh, where it it, it was like our greatest public tragedy. And um, it it was right after the Ronnie King beating uh, that was on tape uh, that we all know, and and then riots ensued, and then um, things were set on fire, shots. Uh, There was a Korean-American store owner who killed a young girl that kicked it all off. Like, it, it, it just... It's a really sad and tragic time for our community. And, um, and, and you know, in such a, I don't know, like fucking uh, bizarro time that is now where um, we're getting beaten, stabbed, killed uh, by a lot of uh, mentally ill people who happen to be black and it just like rings back you know 30 years now of this kind of inter-community violence that is happening um, that continues because of you know old vestigial white supremacy and, and that we haven't really dealt with within ourselves within our communities and a lot of Most of the L.A. riots was that, was white cops beating up black um, people and then black people in Korean neighborhoods uh, rioting and, and, and causing violence. And Koreans, immigrants, our fathers, our parents, you know, reading into white supremacy and considering black people violent and blah, you know, like it was just so it's such a complex racial dynamic. And, um, I want to say a lot has changed, but I don't know if that much has. So it, it I, I just want to shout out the people who are putting this on.
1: It's an entire um, generation.
0: It's yeah. An entire it's 30 gener- fucking years. Yeah. Man. It's an entire
1: like, generation between that era what we're living through now. And you
0: and I lived through it like our middle school. That yeah. was like, it was our, when we were being shaped.
1: Yes. Our
0: personalities, our identities, and our value systems.
1: Yeah. And I had relatives who were uh, Same. burned out during the riots and moved. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's not that, and you know, I've, I think I've talked about on the pod before, but my uncle who, whose business was destroyed by during the riots, he was very reflective about it. He did not blame mm. You know, he's very, very Christian, uh, like a true Christian, you know, so he did not blame uh, and he had who's very circumspect about the Korean American community's role in black neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it was happening then. you know, that conversation was occurring. It wasn't like people were denying that anything had happened or that they were culpable. Like Korean people have been poor everywhere. Mm hmm. You know, I was thinking about this recently, and there is this, like, it's something very Korean. East, like, it's not, Chinese people aren't like this, by the way. But Korean people, if there are white people around, will never complain.
0: But mm-hmm. if it's around
1: only Korean people, we'll fucking complain all day.
0: Oh, yeah, of course.
1: We'll, like, speak up, we'll be like this, like, no, Ajima, like, give me the more of this. Like, you know what I mean? It's a very different flavor of social interaction <laughs> if there are no yeah. white people around.
0: Koreans have a very.
1: And that's that's the behavior of colonized people. That's the behavior
0: of. Well, it's yeah. My mom talks about it. And, you know, we've talked about it. How about how South Koreans have a very distinct white savior complex with America. Yes. And they really have bought into Mm -hmm. as they did with. The white Christ of it all.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's
0: really paired.
1: Yeah, you
0: know, you know, Christianity, the, the advancement of Christianity plus Christian doctrine plus American democracy. It's all intertwined, and a lot of Koreans view Americans as the people who fought off mm-hmm. the Baegangis. Yeah, and you know, and, and the communists. And look at North Korea. We could have become them. Thank God for American GIs. Sure, you know, and it's and not every korean but there's a lot of koreans that think that way especially koreans who came here yes who have truly drank the Kool-Aid
1: cuz the attitudes and are changing in korea
0: attitudes are changing here yes and finally <laughs> 30 <laughs> years later and you know and we didn't have twitter back then we didn't have the dissemination of information we have we didn't have podcasts and, and so Anyway, it's also long a genera- story short, it's
1: also a generation living under the thumb of this reality.
0: Absolutely, because right? at the time, exactly.
1: But at the time, yeah. there we had, on, had only you had only you were only in the country. Most of the people for less than a decade, so you're yeah. still struggling going for and reaching for that yeah. brass fucking ring because you think it's real. A generation A generation later, you're in re- the rat race. Yes. A generation later, the realization that that brass ring was an illusion, that it was a mirage much more real. I mean, yeah. you've been you, it's something you've lived, and your children have lived.
0: yeah so and your children are now telling you the fuck.
1: The the lie has been uh, sh- the, shattered. The lie is, yes, the, the lie is is apparent now. There's yeah. no denying it. So yeah. I think that conversation inside our community is changing. You know, and like yeah. there are still people that's. I mean, even but also this is the reality of corporatization in America. Beauty supplies and a lot of these neighborhoods also don't aren't what they used to be. Mm-hmm. You know what I yeah. mean? Everyone, like, perm, weave, all that shit sold small online. Small business
0: owners. I mean, yeah, and, spots, you know, right? if you ask any Korean though, like Korean American, mm-hmm. they're they're not small business owners because of the zeal of entrepreneurship. No It's because it's the only thing They can do Circumstances
1: Because everyone Circumstances. knew Everyone knew someone In a wig distributorship
0: Yeah Whatever Someone we... got them a machine Exactly To do press a laundry thing You know yeah. what I mean Like mm-hmm. that's how it happens So the glamorization Of like The American spirit And ingenuity of entrepreneurship and you yeah. know, whatever, like that's not what that is.
1: All of them would have loved it's insurance
0: instead. In de- yes. yes. All of them would have loved a 401k. Yes. Trust me. And that's why they're pissed that we quit our 401k jobs yes. because they did the small business so that we didn't have to. Mm-hmm. And now we're out, we're out here running seven gigs like a fucking donkey. <laughs> and of course they're pissed. Anyway, back to this, uh, Saigu event. Yeah. I have so much, it's so complexly complicated and like so sad. There's like a tinge of sadness for this event. Uh, Well, obviously, because it's the stories of that. But um, it's also happening right now, like in this time. It's not like a, it's just very odd to be, quote, celebrating, but it's not. It's a fundraiser. And here's what it is. It's um, hosted by the Korean-American leaders in Hollywood, the advocacy organization. Uh, and John Cho will be there. Will Yoon Lee um, from The Good Doctor will be there. Marilyn Strickland will be there, our oh, old kick-ass yes. Korean. The um, Washington congresswoman. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and it is co-sponsored by Overseas Koreans Foundation, the Korean Consulate General in LA, and Three Arts um, I think okay. that's a John, a John Cho pull. Okay. Um, <laughs> Gotta be. And uh, it's hosted by um, a friend of mine, Paul P.K. Kim, P.K. Comedy. You guys mm-hmm. probably know who he is. Um, and there's going to be Liz Adams is going to be there. I'm going to be doing a set, Dante cool. Chang, Walter Hong, Grace Jung, Julie Kim. So um, shout out to all the kick-ass Koreans that are helping this organization. And the proceeds will be going to the Koreatown Youth and Community Center, as well as the KHEIR Clinic, mm-hmm. uh, which is an organization that provides health care and support to underserved and uninsured in the neighborhood and throughout Southern California. Um, so yeah, it, it's going to be a big, cool event, I think. Hopefully, we make a lot of money for these people. And, um, you know, the community is such a thing that uh, when I left tech... I I thought I was when I and I started comedy, I was like, oh finally a community that understands me. Yeah. And then I soon realized it was like every other community. <laughs> and Isn't it since great? that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and since then I I'm I am yearning to build community or find one that inherently doesn't need to like thrive on making money. Or like you know what I mean? Like the money really fucks it up anyway. so uh, okay. I, so my heart is it, it, with these people and yeah. with the everyone who experienced tragedy during high on all parts. And um, yeah, hopefully, this type of um and, and you know, this article was in The Hollywood reporter, like, not that that's a huge it's more of a trade publication but anyway like the fact that this is like the being only that we talked release, yeah. about yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't in the times or the washington post <laughs> um but the fact that it's getting some kind of press at this level with congress people yeah. and hollywood coming together like I, I think it's a good thing so anyway Shut I up. mean, it's, a
1: gener- it's been a generation, and it's a generation of kids that have been living in this current culture and digesting things differently. Yeah. I mean, going back to the thing that we were talking about on the Patreon, I'm just saying this is a sort of a gala fundraising event that <laughs> I was describing. That's
0: why I have to <laughs> stop you. For- so Unji was talking about in the- <laughs> how she had sent out a, not a mass email, uh-uh. Massive amounts of individual emails to everyone she knows, Asian or, or comedy or otherwise, because she was violently underbooked, <laughs> quoting herself, uh, in May, which is API month slash there's Mother's Day. Mother's Party. Day, yes. So the fact that you were underbooked, you were livid, and you sent an email out to Asians that don't do comedy in case that they had galas coming up, like this one. <laughs> yes.
1: I could host. I said I could. I would be willing to MC, host, yeah. or be a speaker at, or be just just to support in any way. And I'm just saying that uh, that I this is the sort of event that I was describing. You know, you were like, oh, what kind of gala? It's like this kind of shit. Like, you know, <laughs> that's what I mean. That's why I was at, that's why I was asking my doctor friends, my lawyer friends. They're part yeah. of like nonprofit organizations. They're all fucking trying they to. They must do galas. Yeah. All of them are trying to be a chair on something. You know what I mean? They're yeah, trying to be exactly. pillars of the fucking community. Situation.
0: Community, get yeah. back.
1: So I'm trying to just be. By saving
0: on taxes.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to be um, just a to, just to suckle a little bit at that pillar teat. You know what I mean? They're trying to be pillars. I hear you. I'm just trying to suckle. <laughs> I'm just trying to get a little bit. I'm just trying to get a little crumbs. You're a pillar. Yeah. I'm trying to, you know.
0: <laughs> I don't know if I'm a pillar. <laughs> I, you know, you be. I'm a stool at best.
1: <laughs> I'm like a brace. I'm, I'm just saying. I'm trying to be um, an accessory. You know, I'm trying to be some yeah. sort of th- there to support the pillar.
0: So let me ask you: You sent this email out. How many responses did you get, or did you get any?
1: Um, very low uh, response rate. I would say. <laughs> Okay, and rightfully so. I a mean, lot you know, of
0: people ignored.
1: Ignored, and they should have. You yeah. know what? Because I was I, the second I pushed send, I was embarrassed.
0: It uh, was four fifteen in the morning.
1: It was it was six <laughs> thirty. <laughs> okay. Much better. Much better. Uh, which means, but you also have to consider that it was like over the course of like a half hour because I did copy and paste each one. Sorry. Was-
0: Psychotic. <laughs> So. But you had to do it. You were in a rage, and you'll ha- you had to figure out how to rage email.
1: This is the thing. This goes back to, like, there was a part of me that I was very disappointed, ashamed of myself, and whatever. I did get a couple of bookings. I am – there's, like, some stuff in the works. It, it did okay. work. Squeaky okay. work. Squeaky wheel shit, right? Yeah. Also, I will say I definitely white-guilted my way into a, a job.
0: Uh, <gasps> Whoa! Whoa! Not, nice. a job, not
1: a job, job, but like a gig, you know. Um,
0: oh, okay. So yeah. it's so, great. It's that's great. good. Yeah.
1: Um, I also think that <sighs> this is going into me switching over to the iPhone. It's like, yeah, I kind of like advocated for myself, like in you, a way where I you was like, asked. I asked.
0: Yeah. You know. Before you weren't asking, people were just booking you. Yeah. Wow. Look at that.
1: I'm very available, as people have been shocked to find out.
0: Yeah, but turns out they, people like to be asked as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, truly, yeah. like people are like, "Oh my god, I can't believe you responded." I'm like, "Yeah, I'm depressingly available. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm here. I'm, I'm available. There's no, there's no barrier between me and the you. Like,
0: I'm, yeah, I'm I, there.
1: I, I'm there. I'm the one looking at my phone and answering. You know what? Give
0: everyone. me the mic. Let me take this over. <laughs> All right, who's your kick-ass Korean?
1: Okay, my kick-ass Korean this week is actually um, someone we've uh, highlighted before, but there is an update to them. Um, They uh, parachute the uh, Korean-American restaurant in Avondale, if you guys haven't ever been there, in in Chicago. It's great. It's, um, you know, gotten Michelin stars, James Beard Award shit, you Mm -hmm. know, like they're hot. And um, during COVID, during pandemic, they kind of shut down. And, yeah. but they are currently steadily uh, moving towards a reopening. Currently scheduled for midway for mid May. Okay. Um, and it is near, two weeks in a couple of weeks. So uh, during API. So I want to shut that up.
0: <laughs> Maybe you could also open. Maybe
1: opening. I mean, I was. <laughs> I, <laughs> just putting that out there.
0: Email them. Yeah. I will.
1: i, I th- What do you mean? It's, this is me shooting my shot. It's already
0: copied on your clipboard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is me
1: shooting my shot as well.
0: <laughs> you just got to control V, that bitch.
1: Control V. <laughs> I did also just do a set at a restaurant, a Vietnamese restaurant.
0: <laughs> okay. So, you there know, you go.
1: I could handle any sort of event uh, yelling, yelling in the kitchen,
0: <laughs> clinking and clanging. You are unfazed, unscrutable.
1: Like, yeah, it doesn't matter what the sound system is like. Uh, there, are some, there were multiple full family Vietnamese families just eating hot pot, and yeah. uh, it was it was great.
0: You don't um, need, a stage.
1: I don't need a stage. There was a happy birthday yeah, sign behind. Just turn me. the hostess
0: standing around. Yeah,
1: and it's, uh, <laughs> it's
0: a podium. It's a
1: podium. So, uh, but so they're they're revamping it. They've taken their time in order to like kind of. Um, Make sure they were really at the very beginning of COVID. Were very COVID conscious, and I really appreciated that. But then, also during this time, they've managed to um, kind of like help with other parts of the hospitality business. Like um, Beverly Kim and another uh, female chef, Sarah Stanger, uh co-founded something called the Abundance Setting. It's a nonprofit that supports working mothers in the hospitality industry. Sh- mm. uh, great. And also her husband, who's a member of the Chicago's Ukrainian-American community, um, mm. started a, to raise money for Razon for Ukraine. And, and so it's just like it's just really inspiring to see two very hot um, chefs, people that are inside of the restaurant community in Chicago. Have that like not just have it be about food, but re- like recognize their responsibility to the community, you know, as a business. You know, and they, going into this gu stuff that's, like, these yeah. are the things that, like, as immigrants and people who are... When you're a business owner, you have to recognize that you are part of the community. You know, you're in people's lives and you have a responsibility. And, like, watching these two kind of take ownership over that and also be advocates for people inside of the hospitality industry that don't typically have advocates, go off. So <laughs> that, those are my kick-ass uh, Korean uh, yeah. parachute. And um, Beverly Kim specifically, again... Um, when you guys reopen, um, very readily available. I can speak a little bit of Korean. I can, I love, I, my chopstick skills are very good. Uh, my knife skills are very good. So I can do uh, whatever you need. Um, I am available, uh, depressingly so. So um, if you guys, <laughs> <laughs> listeners, know about.
0: If you want a depressingly, extremely available comic. <laughs> Please reach out. <laughs> 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 and that's our kick-ass <laughs> All
1: right.
0: We're we'll going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. All right. We're back. So, um, lots going on. It is AAPI month. Yes. It's May. I'm going to be going to this um, thing tonight. I did my first, so I'm doing five minutes tonight. Okay. At five o'clock in the afternoon. Okay. So you know it's going to be a fucking lit crowd.
1: Yeah. And um, I mean, it's good no, when like, like, the sun is out. Everyone's going to
0: be dressed up. Where is this? It's at this place called Inter Intercrew. It's like a really schmancy place in K-Town where they're like, they do like. Galas and stuff
1: (laughs) I don't know why you're dragging me about this gala thing This is the the time for
0: galas No no it was not I wasn't dragging you I was just (laughs) I was just surprised that you had friends That were associated with galas Like this isn't something that I got Through a friend I got this through a comedian You know what I mean Like another comic but anyway um, I just don't. I don't I have friends. any fancy Asian friends. That's yeah. what it comes down to.
1: I got. I got gala friends.
0: Yeah, you do, gala gals. <laughs> <laughs> um, so because I was like, okay, well, it's gonna be this kind of stuffier experience. Sure. I gotta like. I gotta make sure I do five minutes of like clean comedy. Like clean, and not just clean, but like. Gala clean. And tight. Right? Like Tight. Yeah. Yeah. So I went out um, and I did a set the other day. Uh, and I was mentioning last week's podcast that I was getting nervous. Yes. And I, um, it was, it was, um, it was not bad. Okay. <laughs> it wasn't like, it wasn't terrible. I will say it wasn't like good by any means i didn't it wasn't great by any means it was just fine and i did a i tried a bunch of new stuff sure um some worked some just people were like silent (laughs) it was (laughs) and it was a queer crowd Uh and um they were very supportive so like in, in a way like i didn't get a really good read because like Sometimes they were like extra supportive and I'm like, eh, that didn't really deserve it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm just kind of like, and that's the worst when you're like gauging your, how your set's going as you're,
1: you're not, when performing. you're not present. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you're, exactly. You're like, oh, okay.
0: What I swore I was last week. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Wait, are you, were you, was this a young queer crowd or an older queer crowd?
0: Young, young.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Why? there's just a different distinct kind of energy off of a younger yeah. queer crowd
0: yeah younger queer crowd should to is, be a little more um t- a button like tight yeah yeah and they're police
1: they're policing your content a bit
0: 100 percent. they're telling you what they want to see yeah i mean that's what a crowd should do so like fine, yeah i don't care um but it was very much that and <laughs> rachel relman was in the show uh-huh. uh, was uh, in the crowd yeah. And she, met, she messaged me like, "Hey, great set." Yeah. And I didn't know she was in the crowd. Um, a friend of ours, another great comic, queer comic. And I, I, I sh- I, but it was Eric's birthday, so I had to run after my set. Okay. so I didn't like stick around and like stay, uh-huh. out yeah. Um, but it, I, I will say again, once again. It was I think people had a great time, but after I left the set and I'm driving to meet Eric for his like birthday drinks or whatever. Yeah. There was no part of me that I was like, Oh God, I can't wait to do that again. I, I, I it, it's just like now more apparent that I just don't have that anymore. Huh. I, or not anymore, but like right now. Sure. Let's say right now, because who knows, it might come back. Mm-hmm. But that like, you know, that feeling of like, like, oh, God, I crushed a set. And then like, why do I do this again? Like that greediness. Yes. Of a of a kill. Mm-hmm. And you're like, everyone's like, yeah, I want to go get chicken fingers. No, I need another set. You know that <laughs> chasing the high, Yeah. Chasing the high. Yeah. There, there's no part of me that is chasing that. It doesn't even get me that high anymore. And, 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 like, I, I had fun playing with the audience, but it's become a completely different experience for me, I'm, I'm realizing. And this is after, like, months of not doing it. So I was really nervous. Mm-hmm. And, I, I you know, I was, like, writing down some stuff I want to talk about. And there was some stuff that, like, uh, I'm going through right now that, uh, that really people uh, attached to and they were having fun with it. Specifically about my lack of a sex drive. Yes. I have, I don't know where you are, but, and I mean you, Unji, but also everyone who's listening.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I used to be such a fucking slut. And I think this yes. is tied to my comedy thing. Hear me <gasps> out. I used to be such a fucking dirty little open hold, like uh, dark corners, rubbing each other's cocks. Like I was like that Lower East Side, dirty rat slut. Yes. And I loved it. I love. Don't get me wrong. Yes. I was. (laughs) Uh I love the freedom of it and the excitement, the danger, Mm the, um, even the this, this self-sabotage of the next day and then the – you know, all of it, the mess, the the you just living
1: so utterly in your body.
0: Yes. It is yeah. something
1: about, like, just being so present and, like, dirty <laughs> and just the mess and the smell. It's like there's such a – It's like, you know what? You were excited to be reminded of the fact that not only were you human but an animal.
0: An animal. Beastly. Beastly. A- exactly. And it was erotic. Erotic, yeah, uh, deeply,
1: uh, deeply and was, erotic. Yes. A- and
0: there was nothing I loved more than um, anonymous sexual validation. And mm-hmm. I don't mean like face down, ass up. I don't want to know your name. Not that. I mean, no, no shame to that. If you, if that's what you're into. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wanted the like one and done.
1: Yeah,
0: you know, like just an immediate like. I'm horny. You're horny. Let's get off and don't talk to each other.
1: It's just a. It's a heat of. um, It's the heat of sexual desire Mm -hmm. of like someone you've never met before, yeah, and just like feeling that loin pull. That's like Mm -hmm. also some of it is like it feels beastly, yeah, animalistic.
0: Exactly. Because there's just no primal. it.
1: Yeah, there's nothing. Zero no thought.
0: Th- actually, th- the thoughts tried to come in and yeah, I actively right. <laughs> blocked them out with alcohol, <laughs> weed, and whatever drug I could find. It's just
1: Exactly. It's just like right. when you feel that sort of like heat in your loin yes. and you're compelled by it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it and is something, but I, yeah, I, I can't, I'm not like it, that it, at all. It was a time
0: way. for me. It was like, you know, eight years for me of like, and, and I think that came from, after me being celibate for seven years, yeah. After I lost my virginity to a woman, exactly, and going through a shame spiral and having to come out to myself and blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, all that happened.
1: Different, different journey. You know what I mean? D- like you had to. Because you were in the closet. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and I had to figure it out before I did anything else. It was and, a release,
1: a Kraken situation.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The Kraken was released all over San Francisco in Boys Town Chicago. Dude. And and I I I commend anyone who is on that journey yes. and who is taking those slut steps via condios, right? Like go <laughs> with your God. But here's the thing. I've come to a place, especially post-pandemic, mm-hmm. and especially after my I'm on this drug called mm-hmm. Um, That combined with that um, has really changed my appetite for um, anonymous validation, both sexual mm-hmm. and um, comedically, and it's. I think those two are tied for me where. When I'm saying when I'm leaving a show after I crush it, yeah, I didn't I didn't crush it, but it wasn't it wasn't bad. After I left, I'm sure you. Did I know sort of myself. Yeah, I, I, it was a pretty good set. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I myself know with the whole like idea behind being self critical and blah blah blah. We're are our, our like worst critics. I know that the same me with that set would have wanted to go to either another set or go like jerk off with somebody Mm -hmm. or you know just like that uh, you know like and and loving that i'm making a crowd full of strangers laugh because
1: it's almost like coming it's like they're yeah it's like it is
0: coming yeah it's like cruising mm-hmm. kind of, for me. Like, yeah. you know, you don't really know who they are. Mm-hmm. If the light is bright enough, you don't see their faces. Yeah. So you, you know what I mean? So yeah. like you're just hearing them laugh, which is basically them making me come. Right. And, so like, I'm making or them me, making them yeah, uh, me making them come. Yeah. It's involuntary. Yes. It's exactly. involuntary.
1: Their mouths are open. They're <sighs> yeah. convulsing. Like it's and they're all- spewing <laughs> liquids. Exactly. It's yeah. literally all the things. And it- yes, I a hundred percent. Yeah, and it's, it's and dampened now.
0: It, because of the masks.
1: No, I think that like just oh. pandemic, getting older, and oh, then oh, certainly that, the yeah. drugs as well.
0: The yeah. drugs, the getting. <sighs> this is the worst part of it. I think for me, is the getting older, the pandemic, me getting um, better, right, and a better. Mentally and financially, those uh-huh. all those things have removed, or maybe those things have like kind of taken the place of. Wait,
1: you think getting richer made your dick softer?
0: No, I'm talking about the need for anonymous validation. But uh, uh, just drive and sex drive, I think. I think the drugs have something to do with my sex drive. I I know it does. My doctor was like, it does, you know, like impede libido and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So, like, there's no part of me that wants to see someone's penis anymore. Yeah. Zero part of me. Yeah. And I still think people are hot. Yes. But there was a part of me before where I was like, let me see what that dick looks like. I would... You know what I mean? Like, yes. Like, let me get in... Like, I just had this thing of like, let me in there. Uh-huh. I need to be here. But there's a part of... I, the, I need to be here. That feeling of like me feeling excluded generally. <laughs> and for example, let's say from... Men, yeah, from hot men that I find hot. Mm-hmm. The exclusion from them made me want them more, right? Yeah. or or made me like thirsty for them.
1: Sure, it's a like grouch. Same thing with comic. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: exactly. Comedy, comedy f- in general felt like it wasn't a place for me hmm. or you or you know yeah. anyone that's not looks like Sam Morrill or whatever, right? So like yeah. it, Very that comic, archetype. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was, love him. Mm-hmm. Love his TikToks. Anyway, he uh, – so that's why I, th- there, was a, there was a hunger or a thirst for it for me. And I think f- because of a lot of these variables, that thirst has been removed. Mm-hmm. And so it's weird to, like, go up and do comedy without the thirst. Like, I'm just doing it. And it's fun. Sure. And, it, and, it, and it's a great time. I You know, uh, the other comics are crushing. And, you know, we're laughing, having a good time. Yeah. But that thirst has been removed. Same thing with sex. Like, you know, Eric and I, when we like fool around, like, oh, it's hot and we come and it's great. Yeah. But I'm never like thirsting for it. I'm never like, oh, get over here. You know, and I'm like, is that a bad thing? I I don't know. Should I be worried that there's no thirst for this? I'm relieved.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, thank God. I'm fucking free of this <laughs> yoke that has been on my fucking brain and loins since I turned tw- eleven.
0: Like, <laughs>
1: I, like, thank
0: fucking God. Like, but, I, what about your partner? Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> IDGAF. Like, like,
1: sorry. I mean, like.
0: I gave you a son.
1: I I mean, like, I, I am still, it's just this. I think, and you will understand, it's like, there is a compulsive part of it that is rooted. Compulsion. Root, compulsion. Yes. That is certainly rooted in, one, I think, for me, it was, I was just, I was a very gross, horny kid. Mm-hmm. Always. Mm-hmm. I was, ne- this is the thing. I was also never boy crazy, though. I was never, like, into a guy or into yeah. a, I had very intense female friendships, but I, <laughs> <laughs> but I was never, like, oh, I like him, or I, I was just always horny. Like, I liked the feeling of, like, the warmth in my loins, and I would just, uh-huh. like, rub and rub and rub. Okay, yeah. And constantly, and then once I recognized, and then you're in your 20s, and you're just being a fucking slutty slutty baby you know what i
0: mean
1: (laughs) you know what i mean like when you're doing that then all of it feels very compulsive because you're finally being able to release and have like express and express this thing that's been brewing in you all throughout puberty right so i understand all of that but then at a certain point because of the compulsion and because of the unhealthiness of like our background and sort of like addiction and addictive stuff, and then um, feeling excluded and like needing to have a little bit of the spanking and a little bit of the tickle, right? It's like yeah,
0: yeah. you're being
1: welcomed in at the same time, like Pushed push out, out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: yeah,
1: and then you want both of those, right? Like all of that is certainly kind of we are being a, we are being party to our own exclusion, mm-hmm. right? We're like inviting people that want to exclude us, exclude us right to actually enter us
0: yeah yeah
1: so, to include us like, to include us so yeah. there's some certain like, unhealthy part of it but like that compulsion going away and i've certainly the last vestige of that like i got really into um following like instagram hoes like early pandemic like it was kind of mm-hmm. unhealthy like <laughs> porn uh, porn addiction kind of stuff you know okay okay <laughs> <laughs> i was like invested in these bitches lives sure. i was just like I, you know sure. what i mean like i yeah. like i'm like starting to draft dms you know it was like ugly. yeah
0: yeah i uh, haven't only fans i follow a couple of guys you know what i mean like it's yeah. like it,
1: you know when but then i was you know when you're getting a little too involved and you're like worried about i mean it's just like it shouldn't do that oh no
0: no, no. <laughs> You're sending right. gift baskets. The, to the PO you box. know what I mean, like
1: shit like this, where I'm like emotionally. But that was the last time. And then after I started drugs, started starting taking the drugs, and now that I'm, as I'm, and also we're getting to be forty. We're forty. Right? Forty. I'm. I'm truly. I was just talking about this with a friend. I, I cannot wait for the day where I can be rid of this horniness. Like, I can't wait.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm. I, I think it's coming soon.
1: Yeah, I can't wait. Like, I mean, yeah. I will still have sex. I understand. There's like a like um a, a physical touch component, and like you know, as a relationship, intimacy, things, intimacy. Yeah. yeah, you need yeah. to do it. And I still have. It's like um like doing jumping jacks or going for a run. Like it's like it's like kind of good to just clean out those pipes.
0: Sure. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But it's not taking up any bandwidth in my mind and in no, my heart. And I'm never. so relieved. I'm like,
0: <laughs> I, I am, too. I'm almost bored. Yeah. I'm almost like, what do I think? I,
1: I, <laughs> I'm, pitying, I'm pitying these people. Like, I literally saw this guy. I was talking to this comic, and he was, I was like, I could tell his vice is pussy his vice is pussy and he's like chasing it going for it like the thing and it's like the same thing he'll do
0: anything for pussy he'll suck dick for pussy yeah you
1: know what I mean like it's like (laughs) and it's also the same thing as a person of color if you've been told up to a certain point that everything you are is hideous yeah and you don't see yourself being a part but you have all these sexual feelings it's a it's again it's a release the Kraken situation especially once you start doing fucking comedy and you feel power a little bit of power you got a little juice yeah
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, that yes. that's a that's a great way to put it. I used to, you know, if you l- listen back to our podcast in like 2017, I used to talk about power a lot in in comedy and how I feel powerful on stage and how <laughs> you know, this is how you know I was always doing stand up for the wrong reason because everyone always was like mm-hmm oh my God, I just love making people an unfortunate, like, Yeah, it's an not- unfortunate byproduct. <laughs> I don't... I, I, yeah, the fact that people are having a good time is a byproduct. Unfortunately, yeah, it's a side effect. Mm-hmm. Like, I could not care less if you're having a good or a bad time. I just care that mm-hmm. I got to create within a rhythm of english words my second language and i'm making you the public laugh if i could do it with tears i'll do i would do it you know what i mean it's just a reaction Yeah. <laughs> if i could set up a joke yeah, and make you cry every 15 or 30 seconds that's power too. It's just like unsustainable. (laughs) And (laughs) but my point is that's why I loved it. You know what I mean? That's what I got out of it because so much of my life I felt powerless in my youth, in my you know, hiding in the closet. Even when I came out, I just felt like Mm -hmm. I had no sense of agency or power, except for when I was on stage. right? And that's why I was addicted to it. I craved it because I was like, this is the only time I feel like I am yeah. in control. It's as it's, I imagine it's how people deal with it is. other control issues, like eating disorders or whatever, you know, like, exactly cutting or whatever it is like it's it's the same kind of thing i i think um yeah because i have done this type of thing before in other ways you know like so i see how my brains like receiving and i'm going oh shit this is probably not and, and i would always hear people like i love going to shows and then you know like afterwards like sitting back there and meeting people and talking to them and shaking their hands and be like oh my god what a great way to connect and I'm like what <laughs> uh, I, that, you. you freak
1: <laughs> I mean that it's, it's true I've talked to other I've talked to comics and they're just like so confused they're like I'm so I can't believe that you're still doing this like I really admire you and I'm like mm-hmm. This is not admirable. Ah,
0: like, uh, this is a disease. This is disease, like I'm
1: like, yeah, <laughs> I mean, like you're like 23 and you like you you um want this, right? You know what I mean? Like this is you want this. I need exactly.
0: It. That's what it's, it's sad. It's different. Yeah. It's, sad. It's, sad. it's sad. It's sad. And this 21 year old came over to my house yesterday or two days ago for Eric's birthday. He was with another comic, and. He was this young kid who was like, duh, blitzed out of his mind, like high. As sure. far Yeah. Doofy kid, very funny, and mm-hmm. he was just like so amazed that I did <laughs> I did stuff at UCB. He was like such a huge <laughs> fan, and sure. I was like, oh okay. And he was like, oh, you guys had this show? Oh, that's so awesome. And we started talking about comedy, and I was like, I was like, oh, I just don't. I, I don't want to be... out. The fact that you're at my house at some random... It, it, I can't be at some random person's house at 11.40 p.m. That's no, just not I'm my not life. Go, I,
1: that's,
0: that's not, my, not life. my That's your life, 21-year-old, but that's not my life. Sure. And he was so excited about comedy and he was like, oh, man, I just love that, like... You know, like, the fact that someone could understand me and that we could connect after a show, like, I just want to have a drink with them, blah, blah. And I was like, that is the complete opposite. I don't want to know your fucking name. (laughs) I don't want to know your story. I don't want anything from you. I got off. I'm leaving.
1: (laughs) I mean, it's just like, it's it's one of those things where... I think once your, your relationship with this less, is less unhealthy. Yes. You have to find the ways in which it makes, brings you joy. And then you, the, the return on your investment, that, equi- that calculus is different.
0: Yeah, I think that's where I am. I'm in this like gray yeah. zone of like, okay, well, I don't do this because of my compulsory need to be validated. Mm-hmm. So then what am I doing this for? For, for you know, there was career laddering sure. involved. Yeah. There was need to be exposed, involved, stay current, mm-hmm. and, and also sure. like need to be working out. You know, in front of people. Yeah. Yeah. So now I'm trying to reframe comedy because I still enjoy it. I I I like the fact that I'm up. here. you're not
1: also you don't you're not only enjoying it. You enjoy it because, and this is where I'm at. I think. You don't only enjoy it, Peter, because uh, you enjoy it. You enjoy it because you're fucking good at it. This is the reason why people. 100%. Yeah, people, this is the reason why you golf when you're old. Because you you get good at it. It's not just that you you get good at it, because you've been doing it a long time. You're right. And at a certain point, it's like you go out there and you're like, maybe you're not trying to hit the PGA Tour or the seniors or the amateurs or whatever. You could probably still do it if you really applied yourself. But it's because you're fucking good at it. You enjoy it. It's a great way. You enjoy it. You enjoy
0: being out and blah, blah, blah. So like that's what I'm trying to like reframe as because I think so much of my comedy career, 10 years of it, Mm -hmm. was spent a failing, (laughs) (laughs) beating my head against the wall, Uh getting and then getting good at it. To the point where now I'm good at it enough where I don't need to prove I'm good at it. And that's the that's the place where I'm like, oh, oh I'm not proving to anyone that I, I was so. I used to need people to know that I was good at it. And I think that's yeah. why I got burnt out, maybe. Because I kept doing it so that people would tell me that I was good.
1: I mean, external validation for something like this is a
0: recipe for burnout. Right. And now that yeah. I'm no longer... In, in life also. Yeah, also. yeah, yeah exactly.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and now that I'm no
0: longer using this as a way to make people, strangers, think I'm worthy to be around. <laughs> mm-hmm. Then yeah. what is it then? What, what? It's pickleball. Yeah, like that's that's what I mean. Like I'm really trying to like... It's almost like some if, some, if someone trained to be a pickleball... Um, mm-hmm. gym uh, Olympian and then yeah. they broke their ankle or something they're like oh I can't compete for the Olympics anymore do I no. still play pickleball
1: I mean it's a lot of things that it's like something that D1 athletes really go through right. because most D1 athletes don't mind up going pro in lacrosse yeah
0: and what do they do like real estate yeah
1: a lot of them do but it's like they have like a huge identity crisis that happens because like you're doing something at a very high, high level.
0: level and you were not not just a because you enjoyed it, or you were good at it. Because there was a lot of external pressure around it,
1: and also you were being financially compensated. Like this right. is not like a, it's not small stakes. Right. It's like a thing you're doing it. It's like a very unique universe that you operate yeah. in because you are highly skilled, highly rewarded, and you have uh, um, highly trained. Right. right. So like your life has been incredibly regimented up until this point. Mm-hmm. A lot of the times for about the same amount of time, a comic has to work. Right. A decade. Mm-hmm. So these kids, since the time they're 18, eight to the time they're 21, are just doing this shit. Yeah. And now they're adults, you got a degree, you got no debt, and you have no direction.
0: Yeah. So and someone's like, like, like hey, you wanna come play pickleball? <laughs>
1: and they're just crushing the crushing the pickleball because <laughs> they're so i mean this is the thing is like, you got to take that intensity and you put it somewhere you <laughs> exactly. learn a lot of skills exactly, yeah. you learn a lot of skills you're doing it you gotta i mean for me personally when we talk about this stuff like i have had this relationship with comedy since the beginning mm. I, I always thought it was going to be a hobby mm. and then i had to pivot the other way
0: mm.
1: and be like oh i think this is my thing yeah and now Same. i gotta have yeah yeah and now i gotta think about it as like um vocation what was my relationship with life yeah with my what's my relationship with it at this point right and it's like because the thing is i still bomb like i'll still fucking eat shit but i'm doing it a lot so it's like just a different relationship like peter you're never bombing i don't think you're the way that w-
0: i don't i think what I, you I say have. as bomb is not actually you're being too hard on yourself when we talk about bombing it's watching comic not uh, understand what they're doing Or, like, being caught in the, Mm. oh, fuck, I don't know how to respond to this or the audience not liking this or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, the secret to comedy, stand-up comedy, is that once you do it enough, there is no bombing. There's no actual way to bomb. You could get out of every, any uh, moment or any, you know, like, even if you, even if you, like, kind of peter out and your closer doesn't land. Sometimes that feels yeah. like a bomb because you're like the closer didn't land. You know what I mean? To, like
1: the leave in silence. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, and then you make a comment about it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, welcome back, your host. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> Good night. Thank you. For so making I do me understand what, what you mean
0: by that. Like, oh, like sometimes mm-hmm. it just doesn't go the way you want it to go, and that feels sure. like a bomb. But you know, that's not a bomb. Like after year four or whatever, like you don't bomb anymore. People do Ah, No (laughs) Sure if they're like Yeah yeah I could see like If someone being Not in the zone You know As you know It's about being present Right like If you're not present With the audience You're bombing Mm
1: -hmm. Right
0: like you're not there
1: Cause you feel it You feel
0: it And then you're like Fuck And it's a quagmire You start Mm -hmm. sinking Into the pits Of your fucking soul I
1: mean And it's also like One of those things Where I mean, and again, this goes – it feels like – I'm sure people who aren't comedians who are listening to this are like – it's it's eerily like anything else. Like if you aren't present sometimes, it feels like – like have if you, you've ever hung out with someone or been in an awkward situation, you try to extricate yourself from it and you're not present, it will feel like 20, 20 years <laughs> in a conversation that's probably taking 20
0: seconds. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sure. Because you're not present. yeah. yeah yeah
1: versus like if you're really there you can really it, kind of like spin your way out of it it's
0: interesting because it is like a lot of things but in, in in a in a it's very specific in that you cannot be present in a bunch of things but with comedy if you're not present and i'm specifically talking about stand-up comedy if you're not present Everyone in the room knows it and is yeah. judging, right? Yeah, that doesn't happen to like I guess if you're like an athlete and you're not present and you're playing the Super Bowl, then sure, high stakes, but
1: like it's very similar, yeah,
0: yeah, it is spectator sports, you know? but it's yes. not in like Where different you're asked arts, to like um, it's performative, painting? yeah, like painting or like yeah. sculpting, it's very solar, it's a solitude in that right like mm-hmm. this is very public there's a part of us that loves the public the possibility of public shaming and then us yeah. deftly escaping that that's mm-hmm. the whole fun of it
1: <laughs> the spectacle that it could either be a, 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 a shame or a triumph yes
0: right and like, it's, it's always that, that yeah. razor's edge no matter how and
1: it's your responsibility and it's up to you it's, 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 yeah. it's up to you yeah so, you know, when I was, I, I am, uh, I'm announcing it here on the pod. I am, uh, getting rid of my life coach and my therapist.
0: Whoa. You're yes. getting rid and of I mean, your life coach and therapist. I didn't know you had a life coach. That's what Since I when? So, uh,
1: <laughs> it's been a couple of we- a couple of months. Oh, yeah. wait, so
0: did we talk about a- this on the pod? No. Oh, I don't think so. Purposefully. No,
1: I just, never. I mean, it wasn't really helping.
0: Oh, okay. Well, she, right. It was
1: like, it it wasn't, it was like, it's kind of like ADHD babysitting sort of shit. And it was Uh fine. I really liked her, Uh but it was just like, wasn't kind of, there was no traction there. Okay. So I'm using the, I am on a wait list for, um, therapist of color. Oh, great. So, in that time, I'm basically stopping everything uh-huh. and I'm using that time to pay for a personal organizer to get rid of my shame closets. <laughs> Yay! That's awesome. Thank you.
0: That's huge. But the
1: thing is, it is huge. And it's like, and it's, but the it's basically is, like, like closets
0: at, you stuffed with garbage. Like Monica like, yeah, from Friends? Yes. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Okay.
1: Cool. Yes. Like I just have, like I just, like, and I'll, I, every once in a while, I'll just go through my house and fill a bag with stuff and I just stuff it in there
0: instead of throwing it out. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha.
1: It's like, it's very much like ADHD, like hoarder, like, like all this stuff. It's, it's, um, and it's and something that gives me extreme anxiety. Okay. Gotcha. So, um, so it's like, it, it, it enhances my, um, anxiety, my mental illness stuff, all that stuff. So, but when I was looking for a therapist, one of the things I was looking for is very specifically sports people. Mm. Because in Chicago, one, there's not as much of an arts community to kind of target and, like, you know, to tap into as a – in terms of um, mental health community. Okay. As opposed to, like, Mm -hmm. L.A. or New York. There's a lot of people that specialize in this sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. So in Chicago, there's mostly, like, athletes. Mm. And the thing is, the reason why I was looking for this because the expectations are very, very similar. It's high – like, you know, high stakes – performance and it's like the it's very specifically the anxiety surrounding performance mm-hmm. and it's not just like going on stage it's like um the self tape
0: mm-hmm. the
1: packet mm-hmm. right it's like a thing where you're asked to do a you task have to deliver. and perf- and you have to deliver mm-hmm. and it's on you yeah. there's no collaborative effort yeah. here it is you yeah. and it's and like that sort of expectation and perf- and Showing up for it is something that I have always really struggled with. It's not mm. just here. It's like in school and this, it's like, yeah, 100%, I just fall
0: apart. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: And it's like, it's been like one of those things where people <laughs> are like, well, you do show up and I'm like, yeah, I show up one out of five, ten times. Mm. And the reason why I've even been given more opportunities to fail and not show up is because I work chaotic like like psychotically i work hard to get those opportunities and every time they arise i don't show up for myself Mm -hmm. and then when i don't show up for myself and then i just like keep working again and it's like this cycle where i just like that's very what's very frustrating that feels
0: like like it would cause burnout yeah
1: there you go you know because i'm showing up for myself in every other way except for the moment that it matters
0: hmm yeah.
1: You know, like I'm advocating for myself. I'm doing this. I'm working hard. I'm yeah, trying you're sending to get gala requests.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and then, so you're saying you're sending a gala request to your Asian lawyer friend. And he goes, Okay, May 15th, we have a gala. Our host just dropped out. Can you host? Mm-hmm. What happens then in this hypothetical situation?
1: Okay. So let's say it's, um, if it was low stakes, I would immediately respond.
0: If it was low stakes, what does that mean? Yes, like number of people. Oh
1: yeah, we'll give you we'll give you a thousand dollars. We have this thing. It's so made two hundred people there.
0: That's low okay. stakes. That's low. Oh, stakes. that feels high stakes to me. Two hundred people and a thousand dollars for a gig like that. That sounds. I mean, that would be. I would be nervous. But anyway.
1: Yeah, I would be nervous. I would be nervous, and I'm sure whatever. But I would. But this is what I mean. like in my mind, it is high stakes. I would be nervous before the show, but in this case, in this email, I would respond immediately, say yes, no problem.
0: OK, so you'd be like, because you feel like it is low stakes,
1: it's something I can do, and I have that oh, OK. Gotcha. right. But if it is something like, oh, it is we have this huge event that's going to be whatever, X, Y, Z. These really important people will be there as well. Mm. Um, you're going to be doing it like this. It's going to be five hundred people. Mm. And we'll give you $5,000. Okay. And it's going to be at the Drake. And it's going to be this. And you'll be introducing XYZ. And it's going to be famous people there. Okay. Um, I would have sat on that email. Gotten very close to uh, foregoing the gig. Say yes at the last minute. And then bam, Show up late.
0: Show up late.
1: Yeah. Like something like that. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah.
0: Self-sabotage. Yeah.
1: Self-sabotage. Yeah. But I wouldn't think of it that way. I'd be so excited.
0: You'd be excited,
1: but I would also be dreading.
0: But you'd be dreading the dread. I connect to. That's a very, um, you know, that's key for anxiety is dread. Yes.
1: (laughs) It's just, and the thing is, but then I wouldn't show up, and it's like, but what does that mean?
0: Show up like you? A, you would be late, which is self sabotage, and you would show up and what would happen you would be you would not be present because you're so in your present. head so yeah. high, the pressure of it being high stakes is making you anxious and that and lose, my and mind. lose your mind yeah. and thus make the event not as successful whereas if the stakes were lower mm-hmm. the pressure was lower you mm-hmm. would not seek to be late and you would have more fun being present. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. I... I don't know. I I think for a comic, it's hard because... It's similar, I guess. Like, I think you seeking out an athlete therapist is a good idea because... Yeah. I, I feel like with comedy... It's a, it's a little difficult because you can't really do your own reps. Like, you can if you yeah. really... Like, Maria Banford goes out and does one-on-one. Like, she's literally I know. doing... She's doing it. Yeah. I mean, she's getting her reps in it, her yes. way. So, good for her. Mm-hmm. Um, she's also a genius. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's what I mean. Like, she's a genius in that she's... I, I don't think she's a genius. I don't know if there's genius. I think she's talented and she's figured out her workflow. And I think that's where you and I differ from her is that we're both talented, but we might not have figured out our workflow yet. You know what I mean? Like what what an athlete would do, like athlete would do 300 pushups, then deadlifts and then this, and then run a mile and then they would eat chicken. And then, you know, it's regimented stuff. We don't have that. We, we rely on, laziness and procrastination <laughs> because yeah. that's what the job calls for. But I think the best of us treat it like a sport, like Jerry Seinfeld or Maria Bamford. Yes. You know what I mean? Like they treat it as work. So they're like.
1: And that's all I'm trying. I, and I, there are parts of me that are capable of it. I, it's just like, it's the stakes. Like I have to figure out a way to play the trick on myself mm. where it's like, this is just the game. Or even in like um, like Tiger like like even if the stakes are high, not to make them so high in my mind that I create anxiety for myself. Like I can make it important to myself and remain (laughs) present, but so but I have to place it in a context where it doesn't make me crazy. Yeah, crazy tied to
0: your self worth, basically.
1: You know, it's like the thing where you know I talked about it last week with my son. It's like yeah, I need to i think the stakes are always that um i like uh someone will come and murder me (laughs) because i'm a bad comic (laughs) comic like i did this like you know what i mean like where i deserve to die i deserve like the worst things in the world to happen to me because i haven't because i performed delivered because i performed badly because i haven't shown up shown uh that i'm worthwhile And um, when the stakes are lower, I'm not doing that to myself.
0: Right. I mean, the stakes, you know? it just sounds like it would have, the same stakes for you that you seem low five years ago would have mm-hmm. been high. Right. So exactly. it's, it's really just context for you. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think you're right. I think we can both take a page out of Soul's book yeah. or Saul's book and be like, what does it have to do with me? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, they're they're booing because my comedy's bad. So what? Yeah. I'm great.
1: Yeah. Yes. Like I still deserve to yeah. live
0: <laughs> and eat three meals a day. Yeah, yeah,
1: I still deserve some happiness on this yeah. earth
0: and everything except maybe money for comedy. If I, I if yeah,
1: like specifically the this show. Thing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But doesn't mean I shouldn't ever work again or blah blah yes. like. Yeah, you're right. It's you and I have been traumatized by parents who have created contingencies around love and value and worth around performance. Yeah. I know. So um, it's rough.
1: <laughs> I mean, Peter, the, the way that you're talking about it is like, the reason, because there are fewer stakes associated now with comedy, because you don't feel this compulsion. You feel like it's not worthwhile doing that you don't feel that what it is
0: it doesn't feel, feel worthwhile
1: because of how it, it should make you feel crazy yeah it should make you feel because then when you survive you feel alive, alive
0: and worthwhile worthwhile yeah
1: and so like it's like there's just like this we've
0: i've convoluted it. it
1: yes like we just don't know that the spectrum of pain should not include like burning your skin off <sighs> Like it's like like it should be a more like reasonable spectrum. Yes. You know, it shouldn't be life and death always.
0: Yeah. And so it's either comedy is no longer life and death for me, or I no longer feel life and death about I don't know. What is it? Yeah. Because the thing is, What do I feel life and death about now? Nothing. Nothing,
1: because you shouldn't. Yeah. It's like, unless it's actually life and death, like you should. I'm like,
0: like, wait, what's wrong with me?
1: Yeah.
0: Why am I not in terror? Yeah,
1: because you sh- you it's not be. healthy. Yeah. <laughs>
0: It's but literally thing like, like two blind people talking about what it's I like know. to see I the know. Grand Canyon. People who are listening must <laughs> be like, these guys are fucking nuts. We are crazy. <laughs> we're nuts. And this is what happens to Korean American <laughs> creatives, performative creatives. We're like this because of, this, of everything we've talked about. So yeah. wait, let me just button this up real quick. So I, what you said was so interesting to me. You're saying that comedy, stand-up comedy is no longer life or death to me anymore so i no longer find it worthwhile to do yeah so does that mean i only seek things that are risky
1: i think it's like at least with comedy specifically it's like how you've experienced it that's how that's why how i experience. It, it yeah said, high yeah, risk high, high failure high reward, high reward. yeah yeah
0: but now it's no longer feels like a tight, like a high rope act. Mm-hmm. It feels just like a regular bowling late night. Yeah. yeah. So the stakes of comedy has become lower. Yes. Which is no, why I no longer feel the need to
1: do it. Right.
0: Is there a way I can want to do it without have, having to do it? I think think that's where maybe I am.
1: Yeah. I mean, like, doing a show once or twice a month isn't bad. It's not bad. Especially in LA. It's great.
0: I, here's what I really, really love not being out. That's my thing. (laughs) There was a point in my life, I think that also coincides with money and health too, is that I've created a home. Where I feel safe and I feel rejuvenated. That hasn't happened to me in almost 40 years. Yeah. Every home I've lived in felt like I need to be out of here. I want to do anything but be in this place. And Oh my god. What? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Maybe my my attitude will change too once my shame closets are fixed. Whoa. Because my home will become a place that I don't feel anxiety. Whoa. Yeah, when you said that, I was like, oh, shit. Because that feeling of,
0: like, anything but being home. You know? Even though it's nice. Being away from the
1: things. Like, my my, my hefty place was nice,
0: but I was like, I can't be here. I just need to be out. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Something to look forward to. Shave closet. (laughs) All right. That's going to be all for this week, folks. Thanks so much for listening to our crazy just continuing to support our um, delusions. I really love you guys for that. (laughs) And um, yeah, join us next week. And uh, we'll see you on the Patreon as well. Go check out the Patreon. Also, July 12th, we'll be in Chicago at the Steppenwolf. Yes. And um, what's it called? July 17th, we'll be in D.C. So come on down. My little brother's coming. Oh, Yeah. yeah! That's exciting. I know. I'm so excited to see him. My youngest brother from New York. Okay. Yeah. Cool. All right.
1: Check it out. We will have the tickets uh, and the links up within the next week. Yeah.
0: Awesome. We love you guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.